We are on Ksubis Mem Dalet Omebeis 44b, and we are in the middle of the discussion of Motzi Shemra, of the uh, Parsha in the Torah, the discussion in the Torah about what happens in a situation where there is a Nara Hamarasa, there is a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half who is engaged. And she went through her engagement uh, time period where it was a year between the engagement and the actual marriage. And after they get married, the husband accuses her of committing adultery during the engagement. So in a regular situation, not that any of these cases are regular situations, but in, in a situation where uh, a woman commits adultery, uh, so then she generally gets chenek. She gets the, she's deserving of the death penalty, assuming that there's warning by two witnesses. Uh, so she receives the death penalty of chenek. Um, in this of strangulation, in, in in this situation, if it's true, if we find out that it's true, so then she receives skila. She is uh, a higher, a more severe form of the death penalty uh, of stoning, and that is also it happens um, at the entrance of her father's house. Um, that's another difference. And if it's found to be a lie, if it's not true, if it's, a, if it's a false accusation. Again, it's limited to the situation of a na'ara, of a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, and she has to be a basula, she has to be a virgin, and uh, as we discussed in the last class, it has to be uh, somebody who is uh, uh, born Jewish, um, or, or because it says a Yisrael, it cannot be referring to somebody who is a convert. Uh, but if it's uh, if it's found to be if uh, a false, if it's found to be a lie, so then uh, number one is that the husband receives lashes. Number two is that he has a fine to pay. He has to pay a fine to the father of uh, of his wife, to his father-in-law. And the third thing is that he's not allowed to divorce her. They have to stay married. Those are the three things if it's found to be uh, a lie. So the Gemara... Uh, for the remainder of Memdal and Mabez for 44b, we'll discuss two different scenarios. We'll discuss two different scenarios in this Gemara. Scenario number one is as follows. What happens if the girl, at the time of, let's say, the engagement, and uh, therefore also the accusation that uh, she committed adultery, uh, her father is not alive? Uh, we know that if her father is not alive, let's say, afterwards, let's say when it comes to uh, when it comes to the payment or when it comes to uh, her receiving the death penalty, so then we still give her the, she's still deserving of the death penalty. There still is a knas, there still is a fine. Uh, but that that's referring to a situation where uh, at the time of the engagement, the father was alive, but afterwards the father passed away. What we're discussing here is that she's an orphan already from um, from the time of the engagement. So what's the ruling there? So Amr, we'll see that it's a dispute between two opinions, Rabiosi Barchanina and Rava. And the Gemara explains as follows: Amr Biosi Barachanina Hamotzi Shemra Al Hayisoma Pater Shenamar Benasnu Laviyanara Pralazush Ein Laav. Rabiosi Barachanina says that uh, if one is Motzi Shemra, one if one uh, the husband has a false accusation against his wife that she committed adultery, he would not have to pay the fine and assume it, as well as the other ramifications, uh, because the pasuk the verse says Benasnu Laviyanara. That uh, you would have to give it to the father of the girl, but if the father of the girl was not even around, was not alive at the time of the engagement, so then, um, so then there would not be 
they would not be this fine. We would not have the the the, the various ramifications of the of the uh, the lashes, the malchus, the fine, and the requirement to stay married. Okay, that is the position of Rabbi Yosi Baruchanina, based on based on this pasuk, based on the, this verse. It is important to note Tosos, the classic commentator on the page. He notes that this position of Rabbi Yosi Baruchanina is only. Uh, within a certain opinion. It's only within the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, without getting into the specific details. Uh, however, Rabbi Kiva is of the position, even within this position of Rabbi Yossi Barachanina, Rabbi Kiva would be the, of the position that there would be a fine. So uh, it's important just to note that Rabbi Yossi Barachanina is only going within one Tana, going according to one rabbi from the time period of the Mishnah. Uh, there, are, uh, There's another opinion, the opinion of Rabbi Kiva, where... Rabbi Yossi Baruchanina would agree that Rabbi Kiva uh, argues and says that there would be a fine. So he's only going within one one opinion. Okay, it's just important to note that. Masa Rabbi Yossi Baruchanina and Vizim Rabbi Yossi Baruchanina they ask on this opinion how can we say this? But Vimayin Yimayin Avia L'Rabbos Yisoma L'Knas Divri Rabbi Yossi Aglili But we find uh, that when it comes not in the context of Motzi Shemra of uh, having a false accusation uh, of his wife, uh, that uh, falsely he, he accuses his wife of committing adultery. But we're discussing here the context of Mefuta. Uh, this is the the pasuk, the verse with regards to a seduction. Uh, a person seduces a girl between the ages of twelve and twelve and a half, and so then in such a scenario, so then there's a there's a fine as we discussed. Um, so in that context, uh, the fine would apply even if. Um, even if she is a Yisoma, even if the entire the entire uh, seduction took place when the father was not alive, she was an orphan. Uh, again, the Tomei girl between the ages of twelve and twelve and a half, it still applies because the pasuk says the verse says imain imain. It's an extra word, and Rashi explains that this is not really limited to that scenario of a seduction. It's not based on an extra word. It is really the assumption of the Torah. The assumption of the Torah is that when we're discussing these fines that are generally given to the father, uh, so then it's even if the father is not alive, it would, it would still apply. It would continue to apply. So then, so too here, in a situation of Motzi Shemra, where the husband is falsely accusing his wife of committing adultery during their engagement, and in general he would have to pay the father. But if she's a Yisoma, if she was an orphan, and her father passed away, even before the engagement, the question is. The knas, the fine, should continue to apply. So the Gemara answers, no. No, that scenario is limited to the situation where she became an orphan after the act. Meaning, for all these different scenarios, whether it's a seduction, whether it's a rape of a nara of a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, whether it's this false accusation of a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, in all these scenarios... If she was an orphan from the time of the actual act itself, of the adultery or the seduction or the rape, so then uh, there would there wouldn't be a payment. Um, but when it but when it comes, uh, but the time when there's a payment, the time when there's a knas is in a situ- is in a situation where um, situation where uh, the father was alive at the time, and then the father passed away subsequently passed away. In that situation, uh, so then there would be a knas, there would be a fine. But if you, if if she was an orphan the entire time, her pa- father passed away from the very beginning, before anything took place, so then there would not be a knas. Again, this is all according to the position 
of Rabiosi Barchanina. This is limited to Rabiosi Barchanina, and again, within only one opinion of the rabbis of the Mishnah, within Rabiosi, not within Rabbi Akiva. Okay, that, that's how the Gemara explains it according to Rabiosi Barchanina. Rava argues, Rava ar- argues, and we follow the position of Rava according to the Halacha, Rava Merchayev, that no, everybody agrees that even if her father's not alive, Chayev, uh, there's still an obligation to pay the Knas. In all these scenarios, you have to pay the fine, and a person would have to pay the fine in a situation of a, of a seduction, of a rape, of a false accusation of a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, uh, that there's an obligation uh, to pay this fine. Mimai, how do we know this? Asks the Gemara within Rava, for the following reason, we have a drasha. We have the following lima, the way we learn the, the, the Pasuk, the verse, Besulas Yisrael, in our context, in the context of a false accusation, it says, Besulas Yisrael, of a, of a girl who's a virgin, who's a, who's a Jew, this does not apply to a girl who is a ger, who converts. So the Gemara explains, well, there has to be some sort of equation here. We're talking about a parallel situation between a Jew and a convert. If it were to be a Jew, so then there would be a, a fine. If it would be a convert, there would be a fine. Well, there's a they're parallel. I understand that if we're talking about a case where if the Jew, uh, if she was an orphan, her father's not alive, so then okay. So then we need the drasha. We need to learn and explain that when it comes to a convert, so then... Um, there's, there, there is no fine because by when it comes to a convert, uh, so she has no halachic relationship with her father. She doesn't have a halachic relationship with her father. It's as if, as if, from a halachic perspective, her father is not alive. So it makes sense. If when it comes to a Jew, the girl is Jewish and her father is not alive, so then there's still an obligation to pay. So then we need the drasha. We need the Torah to tell us. But when it comes to a convert, there is no obligation to pay, even though her father is, from a halachically, is not alive. But if you're going to tell me, explains Rava, if you're going to tell me that when, uh, uh, for a Jew, when this girl who's Jewish, her father's not alive, then there's an exemption. So then obviously, if we're talking about a ger, uh, a convert who has no halakhic relationship with her father, so then uh, she would also have an exemption. It would be obvious. We wouldn't need the Torah to tell this to us. It would have been obvious. So Rava comes to the conclusion, and this is how we follow, that according to everybody, there really is, according to all rabbis from the time period of Mishnah, whether it's Rabbi Yossi, whether it's Rabbi Akiva, according to everybody, there is an obligation to pay, even if her father is not alive um, from the very beginning, from from the very beginning of the engagement. Even so, there's an obligation to pay, and you would have to you would have to pay her. You'd pay her. Okay, so that is the end of that section. That's section number one of the Gemara here on Memdal and Mbez. We have a dispute. Between Rabbi Yossi and Rava, what happens in the situation where she is an orphan from the engagement, where her father passed away? So then, uh, would there be an obligation to pay or not? Okay, that is that is situation number one. Just as, as a side point, perhaps, perhaps the argument, although there's a lot to discuss here, is about, well, what is this fine for? Is this because it's an embarrassment to the parents, to the father, and therefore if the father's not alive from when this action took place, um... Uh, or, or not or the false accusation, really, of when this took place. Uh, so therefore, uh, he would not have to pay because the father was not alive. Or do we say that no? Um, 
it's uh, it, it's not about uh, the the embarrassment to the father, but this with this false accusation, it's also to her, and so therefore, even if the father is no longer alive, so then the payment would still be given to her. Okay, that's that's the dispute. That's one way of understanding it. There are other ways of understanding it, uh, but that's the first issue. The second issue, point number two, Amarish Lakish, Hamotzi Shimra Lakatana Pater. So we mentioned how old does the girl have to be? She has to be a Nara. She has to be a Nara between the ages of twelve and twelve and a half. Uh, during this engagement time period. Okay, what happens if she's younger than the age of 12? So if, if you recall, when it came to the situation of a seduction or a rape of a girl, of a Na'ara, she's a Na'ara, so we had a dispute, we had an argument between Rav Meir and Chachamim, does it apply to a Kitana, to a girl under the ages of 12? What happens if she's seduced or raped? Um, is, is there, does the fine exist? Is it limited to, to between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, which is the position of Rav Meir? And the Chacham argue, and they say, no, even to a Kitana. The point of the, uh, the point of the Torah is to tell us is any girl under the age of 12 and a half, including a minor, including a girl under the age of 12. Well, what about this situation? Again, the Torah says the same description of a Na'ara, of a girl between the age of 12 and 12 and a half. Does it include a Kitana? And in this case, a Kitana, there's an exemption here, even according to the Chachamim. Even according to the Chachamim, the rabbis, the majority who say that who explained that in the other situation of a seduction or of a rape, there would be a fine for a girl under the age of 12. In this case, there would be an exemption. There would not be a fine. Why? Because when it, the Torah writes the word Nara, Nun Ein Resh, it writes it in full, Nun Ein Resh Hey. It includes a Hey to tell me specifically a Nara. In the context of a seduction or rape, it said it without the hay. It wrote it without the hay. It said nun ein reish to tell you that according to the Chachamim, it includes a girl under the age of 12. Okay, so here there's an exemption according to everybody. Masuflo Ravacha Baraba. Ravacha Baraba asks as follows. Why use a drusha to tell you Nara is full with the hay to tell you specifically a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half? I don't understand. Time at the cost of Baha Nara, Halav Hachi Havim in Afilu Katana, Haksevim Emes Hayadavra has Elanim Tibusum Nara, Votius as a Nara Pazabesa via Viscalua, Victana Labas Unchinhi. Asks the Gemara, and let's say, let's say we didn't have Nara in full with a hay. Are you going to really entertain the possibility that we're talking, the Torah is talking about a minor under the age of 12? But the, the Torah said, the Torah discussed two scenarios. What happens if the accusation was true? We find it to be true. What happens if we find it to be false? And if it's true, so then the girl is killed. She could only be killed if we halakhically view her as an adult, which means above the age of 12. Under the age of 12, we don't punish her. Even if she's warned, even if we have two witnesses, she's not punished. So obviously the Torah is talking about uh, a girl who is above the age of 12. Uh, so how, why do we need the Torah to tell us, Nara in full, Nun, Ayn, Rish, Hey, to tell me, oh, we must be talking about a girl between the age of 12 and 12 and a half. It's obvious. It can't be talking about a girl under the age of 12 because she wouldn't, she wouldn't get the death penalty. She's a minor. We wouldn't punish her. So the Gemara explains, no, Elakan Nara, Hakomokom Shenam, Nemar, Nara, Filuk, Bigtana, Mashma. The Gemara concludes and explains as follows. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We would have known it anyways. Uh, but the Torah tells it to us, nun ein reish hey, in full, really, not necessarily for our situation, but it's really there to tell us about other situations. In our situation, we're only talking about a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. 
not a girl under the ages of twelve. Under the age of twelve, and that's why the Torah specifically writes it in full. Nun ein to tell me, but in other situations where the Torah says nar, but not in full, if it's just nun ein reish, like in the situation of a seduction or a rape, it's according to the Chachamim, it's including girls under the age of twelve. Our case is talking about a girl over the age of twelve, uh, but in other scenarios. Uh, the Torah is telling us here it says it in full because it's even a, it's specifically a girl between the ages of twelve and twelve and a half. But in other scenarios, it would include a girl under the age of twelve. So essentially, we discussed two topics today. We discussed the topic of what happens if the girl's father is not alive, and then which was a dispute between Rabbi Barchanina, and Rava. And then we discussed the case of what happens if we have a girl who's under the age of twelve. Are we limiting it to a girl between the ages of twelve and twelve and a half? And the Gemara said, yes, we're limiting it to a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. Okay, we'll continue with this discussion next week with Daf Mem Hey.